Hey neighbors, thank you for leaving all those kind reviews and sharing the episodes that you love with your friends. Today's episode is a dear friend where no matter how long it's been since we've seen each other, it never seems like time has passed. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, I'm Amber. I have five young kids, including a set of boy-girl twins. My kids were all born within six and a half years of each other. It's a lot of kids in a little amount of time. It has been quite the journey parenting all these kids so close in age. I've learned a lot over the years, and people often come to me for advice, but let's be honest, I don't know everything. And in those cases, I turn to other moms for their advice. I believe that people living it and doing it are the real experts, so that's why each week I'll sit down with a real expert, one of my friends, a mom like you, to get all the advice you asked for, and some you didn't. This is Neighborhood Twin Mom. Welcome to the neighborhood. Today on the show, I have Val and we met through another twin mom. I think I remember the first time I met you was at gymnastics with our kids. That's the yeah. first time I remember that was the kind of friend who I don't talk to her every day or even once a month, but every time I talk to her, it just feels so welcoming. And I love our talks because you know what? We never talk about the weather. I always feel like if I want to talk about something deep, I call Val. I'm like, I know we haven't talked in like a couple of months, but like, what do you think about this? You're a great friend and a good support to me. So why don't you introduce your family? Tell us about your kids and stuff. Sure. I am a mom of three. I have five-year-old twins and they are boy-girl twins. So they are obviously fraternal. I think that's obvious, but how many times have people asked you if they're identical? Way too many times that I can count. And at first I was like, what do you mean? And now I'm just like, oh yeah, people don't know. It's fine. But Madeline is my girl and Camden is my son in our twin duo there. And then we have a younger two-year-old and her name is Julia. And I have been married to my husband, Adam, for nine years now, which we had, that was yesterday. We we had our nine-year anniversary. And he has kids. He does. Yes. So I have three step kiddos. We have a 19-year-old. His name is Dean. He plays basketball at Rutgers University and... We have an 18-year-old, Kyle, who is starting at NC State this fall. And then we have a 16-year-old, and her name is Haley, and she is going to be a junior in high school. All right. And you guys used to live in Boston before you moved out west? Yes, we okay. did. And that's Boston. where your twins were born, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So and always, you've told me about this before, but it fascinates me what it's like living in like an urban city opposed to out west where it's not urban. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like parenting twins in a big city would be totally different from here. Did you feel that? Yes. I mean, they were newborns. It was a very different environment. Also a very different season of life. When we moved out here, they were almost one when we left Boston, we lived in Florida for a couple months in between. And then we moved out here and it was a totally different pace of life, but it was very welcoming because that was when I started to do more with them and bring them out. So it was a lot easier, but as, as newborns, they barely saw the light of day. I never left the house (laughs) with them in Boston. It was just overwhelming. Public transportation pretty much is, is what uh, did me in once we had newborn twins. So how did you get out? You had to leave the house. We did. Yeah. So we did, we didn't have parking, you know, like we had to find parking on the street. And so oftentimes if we were going anywhere, my husband would leave the house and pull the car up front so we could load the twins 
quickly and then be on our way. If we couldn't go somewhere in our own car, it was hard. We did, we went on some walks, you know, with a stroller, but it was just a different, different lifestyle once they entered the world. So did you ever take them anywhere by yourself when they were little? Um, like doctor's appointments a couple times, but I was really scared to take them like into the city. It was, that was something I would have never done on my own. Mostly they were my first. So I was kind of like paranoid as it was. So it was weird. We did start eventually, you know, venture out because we listed our home to sell. So we had open houses and we had to leave. So (laughs) that's when we really started exploring the option of like, okay, I guess we could go to a restaurant and they're only, you know, four months old. We can, they're still, they'll sit still. Are you afraid of germs and people or what was your just afraid of like the chaos, like just the crowds, honestly moving too slow for the pace of life that was out there. I didn't want to get in people's way. I was like, Oh, can't inconvenience other people with the craziness of my life. That was mostly it for me. And it was just, gosh, packing the bags too. Like I, I never knew as a mom, I would become a professional bag packer where with the twins, it's two bottles and two things, a formula and eight, hundred diapers and it's just a lot. Yes. I felt that way with just one though. I didn't want to leave the house (laughs) when I had my first. Yeah. (laughs) Among twin moms, people always compare like what's harder to having twins first or having a toddler when other kids and then twins on top of, and I'm not sure there is ever an answer, but I do think there are some hard things for both situations but I had the same thing and with just one kid, I was afraid to leave the house with just one kid. Now, right. You're like, come on, let's go. Yeah. We're all in. <laughs> we are leaving. Uh, so when you were in Boston, you were in the army. I was, yep. I was active duty. Mm-hmm. I went to West Point, which is the military academy in New York. Yeah. Yes. I graduated in 2008. And you've been in the army ever since doing in different capacities. Correct. I did just about 10 years active duty. And then I switched to the reserves for a couple of years. And now I switched over to the Wyoming Army National Guard. While you were with your little kids, you were doing guard. So that's not full-time nine to five type work. When the twins were born, I was active. So I was nine to five. Oh, I didn't know that. So you had childcare for them then? I did. Yep, I did. Okay. So then- Two and a half months old is when we started childcare and I went back to work full-time. Right, right, right. But then once you moved here, you were guard just once you moved back to Correct. Yes. Once I moved to Wyoming, I was in the, yep. So what was it like going from full-time work to not full-time work? You know, that was a really hard transition for me, mostly because I was very career-driven and had, although I wouldn't have admitted it to a whole lot of people at the time, I had plans of I'm going to, you know, just this hardcore army, army lady, you know, I'm going to do all the things. And then I had kids and my priorities changed overnight. It was even while I was pregnant, I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm still going to do this. And it was weird. Then I had kids and my whole life changed, you know, everything shifted. And at first it made me uncomfortable because that wasn't who I thought I was. But when I realized that is when I decided, Hey, it's time that I take the next step and leave active duty. And I just, to go from that career field in particular, but I'm sure anyone to go from that and shifting to being a stay at home mom, it was lonely. It was hard. 
I don't know. It was way more challenging than I anticipated it would be and way lonelier than I thought it would be. And I really struggled for the first couple months. You said that you've always been career driven. What was your husband's take on you saying, okay, I'm going to stay home now? Because he's also full-time army. Yep. So my husband was active duty as well. He retired after 20 years. So he has a second career now, but he was, could not have been more supportive, could not have been more on board without him and his support. There's no way that it would have worked. Like I said, it was interesting how our entire family dynamic kind of shifted once those two little angels entered the world. It was like, Hey, they are the priority now. I was up for a deployment. My branch manager was like, Hey, you need to deploy or PCS to Korea or go to Kuwait. You're like, you got to do something. And I was like, I have six month old twins. Like you're out of your mind. I'm, I'm not doing any of that. And it made the decision a lot easier for me because there was no way I was leaving those babes. None. And PCS so. means you have to move your whole family. Yes. For me yes. To change the station. Yeah. Then you're a stay home mom for several years, mm-hmm. taking care of them. And then last summer you went back to full-time work. And I remember talking to you last summer and you were, you were nervous. You were worried. I was so so nervous. I did. And so there was a full-time opportunity that presented itself to me with the Wyoming army national guard. So not only did I go back to full-time work, I went back to an active duty status, even though it wasn't with the active duty component of the army, it was in a different capacity, but still full-time. And I think like being back in uniform 24 seven, knowing that how important my family and my children were to me, I was really concerned about the conflict that of, of interest that might've caused for me going back to work and just the logistics of it and making sure I could balance it all. I was super concerned about it last summer before I started. You say you were worried about balancing it all, but nobody ever says that to men. How do you balance it all? Right. But then as a woman, you're like, how am I going to do it all? So what was it that made you nervous? I don't know. I think that unfortunately in today's society, women feel like we need to be this superwoman and that we need to do it all. And we see other people and we think they're doing it all. So we got to be just as good. And there's just so much comparison and it's not healthy, right? It's not a great mindset to be in, but we're in this weird spot where that's, that's where we are right now. And I think we're like slowly trying to change that culture as a society in general. But I think that, you know, is kind of, it was just always in the back of my mind that was I going to be enough? Was I going to be good enough to do both? Was I really capable of doing what I was saying I wanted to do? And again, changing a whole component of your family, of you going back to work. I think that's a huge change for any family. How was it your relationship with your husband then? We were both excited at the opportunity of diving back in to work and just seeing if it was a good fit for us. My husband, Adam, he is like literally could not be any more supportive or any more of a cheerleader for me in anything that I want to do. He was completely on board and we had a plan on how we were going to handle things in just terms of managing our house and, and managing our family and schedules. And it was definitely new territory for us or territory we hadn't really dove into in a while, but we found our rhythm 
and he was super great with it. He was super great with it. He was a lot, he, I leaned on him more than I thought I would just with all the emotions that I started to experience the first couple months going back. And he was really great with it. What marriage advice do you have for different transitions? Cause having twins is a huge transition going to be a stay at home mom from working full-time is a huge transition then going back to work. And I think those types of changes and moving across the country, I think a lot of those big changes can really affect a relationship and marriage. Do you have any, what have you done to keep your marriage strong? I think there's two things and they kind of coincide, but for me, I think we, we are all humans and we all have expectations regardless of it's about a certain event or a person or a a relationship. But I think oftentimes where it becomes problematic is if you don't express those expectations. So I think that for us can being able to communicate that kind of stuff openly and be like, Hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Or, or how do you feel about this? This is how I feel about that. It just makes it a little easier when a change is in progress or you have that conversation before it happens. And then the other thing that, like I said, kind of goes with this is just intentionally making that time to have those conversations, like literally saying, Hey, every Saturday morning, we're going to sit down. And when we go over our budget, we'll also talk about what's coming up this week and and how we feel about this. And, you know, it, it just keeps that line of communication open when you intentionally plan for it or have that routine where it, it comes up instead of waiting for a fight to come up. You mean, yeah. (laughs) Well, scheduled out time. That's great advice. What twin advice do you have? Do you have any advice for new moms of twins? Yeah, definitely. Oh man. So I actually have a funny one that I tell people all the time and I mean it. I mean it, but it's comes off funny, but so I'll tell that one, but then I'll also tell like a more serious one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So if you are expecting twin, like once your twins come, once they arrive, wear your sweatpants as long as you possibly can. Because for me, the second people saw me like put together, I felt like they stopped offering help and I needed help. I needed help very much. And I'm really bad at asking for it. I felt like just, I know that you're like going to be eager to jump in and, you know, get dressed and wear your makeup and go out. And, but I feel like the second people think that you're that rock star that you're trying to pretend you are like the help kind of stops coming. And so that was like, I joke with people all the time, but like the second people think you're put together, they're not, they're going to move on to the next person. So if you need the help, ask for it and wear your sweatpants. Oh, that's so true. Cause I pumped with my twins. So I lost a lot of weight very quickly. And so people would say, Oh my gosh, like you are so great. And I'm like, I'm not eating lunch. I'm like, help me bring me food. Bring and, me food. And I'm like, yeah, people thought I had it all together. It's like, no, I'm hungry. So <laughs> I did tell somebody that once and they brought me lunch. And, but that was the best thing. Cause we often think, Oh, we need to bring them a meal at dinner. But I literally was not eating lunch. I was like, I need food. <laughs> I do not have time to eat. So I love that. That's great advice. I, Cause other countries too, they have longer maternity leaves for moms. We're expected, like you said, to quote unquote bounce back and be super yeah. mom. It's like, no, yep, no, no, no. All right. Tell me your other one now. Okay. So like my real advice is no, that's, uh, that was real advice. That was real advice. That was real good advice. <laughs> 
I can, for me, especially, I cannot stress how important it was for me to find a community of other moms. I think too, there's a weird part in life where some of your friends are moms and some of them aren't yet. And and for me, I was in this back and forth where I had a couple friends that were moms and a couple that weren't. And it wasn't until I moved to Wyoming and I joined, it's called MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers. It's an international organization for moms, mostly of preschool age children, but it goes for all different ages. But it was the first time that I joined a community of other moms and they just knew exactly where I was in my season of life and motherhood. And they were just supportive and helpful. And that to me, it blew me away. It was almost like a a whole support system that I didn't even know I needed until I had it. And I was like, how do people survive without, you know, a tribe, like a, a, a motherhood tribe? I highly encourage if you don't have that to seek it in your community somewhere it exists and if it doesn't then start one start something because it's i just find it to be super super helpful yeah i would you said if there isn't something then start it i would have people come to me because it was hard for me to leave the house so i would invite people to come to me because i needed people but it was hard for me to leave if it's not there be the inviter and be the one who right starts a day at the park or whatever yeah totally i agree with that You know I love a unique gift, which is why I was excited when I discovered Perfectly Planned's Why Etsy Shop. Melanie makes handmade resin keychains and coasters. I ordered a set of coasters for my mother-in-law for her birthday. I requested to add flower petals from our tree out front where we planted in memory of my nephew who passed away. So every time my mother-in-law picks up her cup, she'll see the blossoms from her grandson's tree. Melanie also has a cool geode design, coffee bean design, and you can do special flowers like I did or seashells from a vacation. I love a custom gift, and for a limited time, my listeners can use promo code TWIN10 at checkout or use the unique link in the show notes for 10% off. Shipping is always free. And while you're there, check out the initials keychains and the car coasters for your cup holders in your car. Again, use the unique link in the show notes for 10% off your order. What has surprised you the most about having twins? You know, I would say, I know this is going to sound weird, but I am still blown away when I look at my twins and realize how different they are. I think a lot of twin moms, once they're into that season of twin motherhood, realize like, oh yeah, I mean, we need, we need individual, like our, our twins need to figure out how to be independent people. But when I was carrying them in my head, they were going to be little best friends and they were going to be exactly the same person. I I just had this weird image in my head of how it was going to be. And it's amazing to me. And it's so special to see how different they are. And there's obviously still that bond and that love and that friendship there, but they're two totally different people, you know, and that blows my mind still to this day. Yeah. And do you have them you separated them early on in their nursery, right? Yeah. Well, that was mostly because my daughter was an amazing sleeper and my son was up multiple times a night still, like until he was two. So we did, we split them because Cam was waking up Maddie and it was frustrating. I didn't want to, but that's what we did to survive. But now they're back in the same room. You said you didn't want to separate them, but why? I don't know because they're womb mates. They're, they like, I just feel like they would be more comfortable together. 
Oh, but they listen. weren't, but they weren't. No. I know I'm making fun of you. Cause I feel the same way. My twins were older when I separated them and I thought this is like a big milestone. And I'm like, why? Like who cares? Right. But we right. want them to be together for what reason to appease yeah. ourselves. Well, so then let me ask you a question. What do you do with school? Do you keep them in the same class or do you separate them? Yeah. A lot of parents have, I mean, I think it's like 50, 50, because I think it really depends on the set of twins. For me, my twins are totally different. They do not rely on each other. And so I wasn't worried about them a ganging up on the teacher because I know some twins can <laughs> gang up. So I wasn't worried about that. And I wasn't worried about them relying on each other for emotional support. I kept them together for my own self so that I don't have to communicate with one teacher. Yep. And, yeah, right. and they will probably be separated in the coming years. We'll just take it each year, depending on who I know their teacher will be, if they'll be together or not. <laughs> but yeah, we'll just do it year by year. But I think it's probably like 50-50. And I think it really depends on the set of twins. I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong way to do it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things where I feel like we smush them together just for, because we feel like, yeah, they're roommates and like, oh, it's so cute. But do they really need to be? I know some twins who are literally never hadn't been apart from each other until they were like four or five. I'm like, wait, what, how did you manage that? Yeah. It just made sense to like both take them to grandma's at the same time or both do this at the same time. I had a friend who's like, I didn't even realize they hadn't been apart from each other. It just never crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, I can see that though. As our twins have gotten older, Adam and I have tried to intentionally say, Hey, okay, you take Cam, I take Maddie. And, and we have our own time with each one. But if we, I don't know. It's yeah. It's weird. Is you just like naturally just think, okay, well they'll, they, they will, will do this with them. You know, it's never like, mm -hmm. do you call them the twins? Do what do you call them? Yeah. Like to other people. Yeah. Do you reference yeah. or like to Julia or whatever? Do you say, Hey, go get the twins. Do you reference them as the twins? No, not to Julia, not to Julia. We call them Maddie Cam. We're not, we don't, we like, don't even put the and in there. It became their nickname. So instead of saying the twins, Julia calls them Maddie Cam. So. I don't think any, anybody in my family call them the twins. No, I think like maybe extended family when they're asking me how they are, but never like in a setting where they're present and they're like, Hey, the twins need this. Yeah. When did your twins realize they were twins? really when we had, when we got pregnant with Julia and we were explaining to them that they, I have one baby in my belly, but when mommy was pregnant with you guys, you were both in there at the same time. I think that's kind of when they, when they pieced it to get the beginning of piecing it together. Cause they were young still, they were like just over two and a half when she was born, but that's when we introduced the whole thought. And then now they get it. I remember it not being a point of conversation. And then my twins were probably three or so when I pointed to a picture and I was like, yeah, did you guys realize you were in my belly at the same time? And they were like, huh, what? It was just mm -hmm. not something that I had thought to point out. Yeah, and it's, I know. I do think that's part of their identity. You are a twin. Right. But for me, especially maybe it's just because they're boy girl and they're fraternal. Like it's not mm -hmm. like a huge part of their identity and especially because they have other siblings. So yeah. no, my sister recently referenced them as the twins. And I was like, huh? I was like, well, that's weird. I was like, hmm. Not that I was like mad or offended or yeah. I was just like, Oh, we don't, we don't use that a lot, but some people do. Like I hear people say, Oh, my twinsies or my twinners or whatever. Like they'll say, yeah, no. so reference things. 
one thing that we do when we're encouraging them to try and work together to whatever, problem solve anything, we say, hey, twin, twin teamwork, 20 teamwork or twin power to encourage them to work together. But that's the only, that's really the only time I feel like we, we even mention it. Uh, yeah. You know, like I just, we were so obsessed with it when they were newborns and when they were, you know, when we were pregnant with them. But I feel like as they get older, you realize how different they are and it just becomes less and less of a thought. It's like a subconscious, you know it, but you don't really. Yeah. Do you do separate birthdays for them? Separate cakes? Uh, so no, no. I feel like we're getting to that stage though, where I might need to start, but we've always done like a joint party when, and invited both of their friends and had a combined cake, but we're getting to that point now where Maddie's, well, I want a tea party. And Cam's like, I want a dinosaur. There's lots of cute matchy things though. I know. And it's really fun to get on Pinterest every year and be like, what can my twins birthday be this year? My favorite theme. Well, the, my twins first birthday party was fun, but their second one we did two by two, our twins are turning two and we did a Noah's Ark theme. So it was animals. Oh my gosh. How cute. That was a Pinterest find, but I was like, yes. Happening. <laughs> when you can find like twin specific things, that's where I'm like, ha I feel yeah. I, I won. I won this round. Yes. You have some golden Halloween costumes for your twins though. That's one fun thing about twins. Oh yeah. Halloween costumes are really fun. They are fun. My favorite is when you guys did the Star Wars. Yes. Yep. We did a Star Wars theme with our, with another family that we're really good friends with. And we obviously made the twins Luke and Leia, and then kind of it fed off of that. And it was a lot of fun. I tried to get my twins on board to do Tweedledee and Tweedledum from Alice in Wonderland this year. That was a no-go. They said, no. They're like, who is that? And I showed them a picture and they're like, "Mm -mm." no, it's like, fine, fine. But I am holding out for Luke and Leia one day that I can dress them up as Luke and Leia. No, it will happen. It needs to happen. That's like, but you always have epic Halloween costumes too. Your Toy Story ensemble was the best. Oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I put a lot of effort into that. <laughs> really? For, because you're already thinking about it. For and my own awesome. benefit. Oh no, my husband will let us talk about Halloween until August 1st. And August 1st, we decided our costumes. We are set, but I won't tell you what they are. Oh man, the <laughs> anticipation will kill me. I'm really excited for these last year was a flop, but this year I'm excited. I like to, I like to plan things and do stuff and not for their benefit, but for mine, because it makes me happy. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that's, <laughs> I'm like, are you sure you don't want to be twiddly and twiddled Because it would make me so happy. I don't have any more questions. Do you have any more words of advice or wisdom nuggets for us, Val? For me, I'm very type A, I'm a planner and I feel like twins I don't know if you've seen that meme, but it's like, I'm so good at multitasking. And then it's like, just kidding. Now I have twins and I, or like God's way of saying, you know, just, just kidding. Give that one twins, teach her a lesson. That's kind of what I feel like happened to me is I was very particular in how I liked things and and wanted things done. And then having twins, I quickly realized that it was I was in control of nothing. So I guess my, another little tidbit of advice would be lower your expectations and just roll with it. You will survive. I feel like newborn twins is the biggest test in your relationship you will ever have. (laughs) 
<laughs> because you're both sleep deprived. You're both hopefully both up doing all the things. And I think that it's just a tough season, but it's one that will pass and then you'll miss it and wish you were back in it in some weird way. I always get super emotional when I see like baby pictures of the twins and I'm like, oh my goodness, they're so big now. Would you do it again? Would you go back to that? Ah, I don't know. Can I would do it for like a day and then come back to five? It's just easy. They're potty trained. They can make their own egos. You know, it's just a lot easier. There's different challenges as they get older that you don't have to worry about when they're younger, like attitude and working through feelings. It's I, great when they, you know, I just thought of something. So your twins are the oldest and they're becoming more independent. I noticed there is a big birth order is kind of important in our family and they make a big deal about who's older and stuff. Do your twins make a big deal about who's older and does the oldest one take charge? It's interesting because it comes up every once in a while. Maddie, our daughter was twin A. So she was, and I had a C-section and she came a minute earlier than Cam. So there's not a huge difference in time, but it does come up occasionally that she was first or that she's older. But we also always talk to Cam about being the brother and being the protecting your sisters and helping them feel safe and all that kind of stuff. It's interesting because we kind of give the responsibility of being the leader to both of them. We just don't do it like at the same time, maybe. So Maddie gets to be the leader because she's older by a minute, but Cam gets to also be the leader because he's the brother. So that's kind of how I've flirted with the line of dealing with that because it's a minute. So. Yeah. So they don't feel a power struggle between the two of them. No, I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. I have heard of some parents not telling their twins, which one is older. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. And part of me, like I totally get why. Because at least in our family, like it's a big deal that my son is older than my daughter. And then my kids make a big deal about it. Like me and my husband, like you guys, you're born on the same day. It's not, you're the same age, but because their birth story is so unique, you can't not say which one is older. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it, it's episode five. I remember like when I met you, my friend who introduced us was like, you need to hear her home birth story. And I was like, really? And you're like, oh no, it was accidental. (laughs) I was like, oh man, I need to hear this. (laughs) Yeah. I used to tell them a lot when they were younger, not so much anymore. I was just thinking that I wonder if they weren't born the way they were born, if I would have told them who was older, because it does make for us, it's sometimes it, it causes issues. Yeah. But also how do you deal with when there's a big milestone, like who gets to do it first? I don't know. This might be a slightly off topic, but for us, some of the other milestones when it came to walking or, or anything like that, they were on such different timelines that it was almost like literally having two different kids at that point, because I had them like walking it. A mo- like one was walking a month before the other one was crawling like two months before the other. So it was just It was weird when they were younger because it was like, I also expected they would be doing things at the same time and they weren't at all, but milestones and stuff like that at this age, I don't really know if we've encountered that. If we have, I'm not really remembering or how we handled it. Kids are pretty competitive. So like when the first kid lost a tooth, the other one's like, wiggle, 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 wiggle. (laughs) 
kind of lose my tooth now that you lost yours. <laughs> but sometimes a little positive peer pressure is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so potty training, right? They were old enough to know what was going on when we were doing that. And that kind of became a friendly competition. We did sticker charts when we were potty training and Hey, look how many stickers Maddie has Cammy, you know, you need to, that was fun to see them kind of motivate each other in that way. I probably tried mine separately. Did you? I, did I po- we potty trained them. I was eight and a half months pregnant. Oh. I had two weeks till my due date. And I went out of town w- with a friend for her birthday. And that night, Adam sends me a picture of the twins sitting on a potty. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, not ready for it, you know? And he, and he was like, nope, we're doing this. We're doing this. And it wound up being fine. But it was all I could think was I might have this baby in five minutes. And we started potty training two and a half year olds. Like I was like, what are we doing? But yeah, it worked out. things like little things like that is when there's challenges with twins, potty training, like things you don't think about. Like you think, Oh, how cute. Two little matchy kids. I was like, yeah, two kids. You have to potty train at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Different challenges for things. All right. Well, Val, thank you so much for this conversation. You are always so fun to talk to. We should talk more often. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for hanging out with me today. If you want to hang out some more, you can follow me on Instagram at Neighborhood Twin Mom. If you want more info on what we talked about in this episode or a transcription of the audio, head to NeighborhoodTwinMom.com. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star rating and review. This helps other people be able to find the podcast. Music for this episode was composed by Cameron Norby. Find more of his work on YouTube.